0: according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. To you, O Lord. Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, Offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God, our Father, and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. So, if you ask my wife, I haven't stopped talking about a musical movement from the northeast that spread to the south for the last maybe two weeks. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sacred Harp singing. Um, We just sang a sacred harp singing song um, that made it into our hymnal, but actually made it in there through its migration to the south called Southern Harmony, uh, because it was uh, in the south. But this was an important hymn for me to pick today because we get Paul starting off uh, our jump into difficult scripture from Jesus with a reminder that if you can remember from the epistle reading for as by one man came death by a man is also come the resurrection of the dead for as in Adam all die so also in Christ shall all Be made alive, but each in his own order. And so we get this divine image from the Lord of Jesus as second Adam, which is a really, really cool image to see, especially from the mouth of Paul. And the reason why Paul reminds us of this is. Let me read to you some of our hymnody. In Adam, we have all been one, meaning we're all reduced to one, one huge rebellious man. Women are in there too. We all have fled that evening voice that sought us as we ran. Isn't that terrible that we hear that evening voice from the Father and we run away Because we're afraid that he will judge and condemn us. Because, skipping to verse 4. Why do we run away from God as Adam and Eve ran from God and hid from him? O thou, God, who, when we loved thee not, didst love and save us all, Thou great shepherd, thou good shepherd of mankind, oh, hear us when we call. And so just, you know, I'm looking at Jeremy over here, our new cantor, and I'm thinking of how succinctly in two short lines, we get the entire fall and redemption of mankind, We get both law and gospel. We get the reminder that Paul gives us that we need to forgive others and show mercy because God showed mercy to us and gave us mercy. That even when we were sinners, God died for us. And so I bring us to the gospel reading. This is one of those, like each week, when it would probably benefit you to open up a Bible or at least the bulletin and follow along the gospel reading. Because I'm going to go through this briskly and help us out. Because this is one of those readings where every time Jesus says something, you stop and ask I don't even know if I can keep reading. I don't think I understand what he just said. But we just keep our nose down in the book. And we just keep going. And I'm going to help you through. I'm going to hold your hand. (coughs) Jesus begins with the age old. But I say to you who hear. And that's you. Those who have faith. Those who can understand. Who don't have blocked ears, or a blocked heart, like we heard in the Isaiah reading just a few weeks ago. When you hear this, when you hear Jesus talking, you get it in a way that people without faith don't. And so let's do it. He says, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Now, if you were confused by the cover of our bulletin today, you're probably asking, Pastor, why are there people in striped pajamas on my bulletin cover? Well, look at those smiling faces. Look at them joyfully enjoying cigarettes, and uh, I, I suppose this—a few of them—are holding up bottles of champagne. The people that you're looking at are what? That's maybe 20. That's a picture of 20 liberated um, of the 2,720 Roman Catholic Orthodox Protestant and Moravian priests and pastors from Dachau concentration camp. Hitler saw that these priests and pastors were causing too much trouble in all of his concentration camps because they were inspiring hope chiefly with words like from Paul when he reminds us of the resurrection of the body they were reminding people who are facing death and destruction every day that so it is with the resurrection of the dead what is sown is perishable but what is raised is imperishable. Quite like if you heard me explaining what St. Valentine was encouraging those who were dying for the faith in the early days of the church last week. Death isn't the end. It isn't something that we have to be afraid of. Because of our faith in Christ Jesus, Jesus tells us And assures us, gives us promises, the gospel, that those who believe in him or on him, as I like to say, because of the New King James. For those who believe on him will have eternal life and he will raise you up on the last day. He who dies when he has faith in me, says Jesus, though he dies will live forever, as he tells the grieving sister of Lazarus. And so each day, these priests and pastors in Dachau concentration camp, they were all brought together into one camp so that they couldn't continue to disseminate hope in a resurrection of the dead to fellow prisoners They were all brought into one concentration camp, Dachau. And what they did there was they literally did divine service a couple times a day. And in that divine service, they prayed. But it would just be so interesting. It would be so real that at any moment you could be killed. And so you're truly learning to fully rely on God. But you're also learning day by day what was probably the hardest of it. Harder than the the possibility of being killed at any time. Was being reminded constantly by Jesus Christ in his word that these people that you are seeing as beasts. Because of what they're doing to other people and to you and to the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus asks you to pray for them to bless them, to love them. Because how are you any different from them if you can't love them, just like how Jesus loves them? Jesus asks us, if you would love those who love you only, what benefit is that to you? Nazis love their wives. Sinners love their wives. He says even sinners love those who love him. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Even Nazis share chocolate bars with prisoners And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? It's a lot easier to lord it over a family member when you're lending money, isn't it? To make it, add it to the repertoire of, well, I did this for you at the family party, so I expect this. And they can't just run away and change their name because they have to come to Christmas But overall, what Jesus is trying to teach us here is to be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful, as Jesus' Father in heaven is merciful. And I was talking with uh, a friend of the congregation about what in the world does this mean, and I really am struggling with is be merciful even as your Father is merciful Is that harder to do than when Jesus says, be perfect as our father in heaven is perfect? It seems above and beyond to have to be merciful in a sinful world to people that treat you terribly. Whenever I uh, hear the Sermon on the Mount or the Plains, because we're in the Sermon on the Plain right now, because remember he said a, even place, a little bit down the hill, sound of music. Whenever I read, to, um, from one who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, don't demand them back. I think of a um, Franciscan friar that taught me at St. Louis University. I'm going to say his name, because wouldn't that be awesome if somehow in the future... He Googles himself, and he finds himself. But his name was Father or Friar J.A. Wayne Hellman. Uh, He was a very interesting man because he was so happy all the time. And it really freaked me out when I was a college student. And I remember one day he came in, and he was like, Oh, ha, 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 I'm so happy. And we were, I remember asking him, Father Hellman, why are you so happy today? And he said, Oh, you wouldn't believe it. A young man broke through my car window when I parked, when I was on grand, and he robbed me at gunpoint. He took my sunglasses, my money. My wallet, and I, I'll have to get that later. You know, i have to get a new uh, driver's license and stuff. But isn't that just great? Isn't that just great that, like, I got to be the one that got, gave this, young, this nice young man new sunglasses, and now he has some pocket money to buy something for himself? Maybe he'll even get something for if he, if he pawns my wallet, because that was a gift from the archdiocese. I think it's worth something. And I said, wow, Father J.A. Wayne Hellman, blessed are you. You showed a young man mercy. And I think everyone sitting here can remember a time that they were shown mercy When they should not have. And they can connect to that young man. Something that I wrote down is that moments of mercy change people's lives. I think of the Genesis reading today. (coughs) I know y'all are familiar with Joseph. Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Coat. If you haven't, put it on at home. It still holds up. So it's, you know, a little too joyful. But, you know, Donny Osmond, you can't, you can't beat it. But Joseph, terrible things happen to him. He's sold into slavery by his brothers. He, uh, you know, works in grueling slavery. He's in the dungeon for a long time. And Jesus gives him the unique gift To interpret dreams. And that gets him to be a trusted aide of the Pharaoh. And he rises up through the ranks and he's in the Pharaoh's house. He's watching over all sorts of stuff. And he comes up with an awesome plan by God's hand. I'm going to save up some grain. And then all of a sudden there's a drought or a famine. And everyone needs food. So thanks be to God, Joseph, by God's hand, has saved up all this rice and grain and whatnot to give out. And so Joseph's brothers come back to Pharaoh's house groveling and begging, please, we need some food. And Joseph says something beautiful This isn't the section where he says, What you meant for evil, God used for good, but it's similar. He says, The famine has been in the land two years, and there's yet five more that you won't have food. But he says, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant. There's a word we're familiar with, some a little tiny bit of faithful leftovers here on earth. And to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his house, ruler of all the land of Egypt. Please go and hurry to my father and say to him, God has made me Lord of Egypt. Come down to me. Don't tarry. God, through Joseph, through something terrible, blessed not only Joseph, but made it so that the entire line would go to that promised Savior Jesus. Even to the point of these terrible brothers, I won't sing the song for you and name them all, These terrible brothers are actually brought to repent and say, I'm sorry, Joseph, for how we treated you by Joseph's witness of mercy that changed their lives forever. And people from for thousands of years would look back on Joseph and remember that mercy shown to his younger or sorry, not his his older brother's. And they would say, man, if God is merciful even to, what does Jesus call it? If God is merciful even to, if the most high is kind to even the ungrateful and the evil, that means, like our hymn says, I, who am ungrateful, I, who am evil, can make peace with God because he loves me. And so all of this is tied together in, of course, Jesus Christ. We make ourselves to be enemies of God through our sinfulness, through whatever causes us To feel guilt, or maybe we're even past that point, and our hearts won't let us feel guilt anymore because they're so seared and hardened by years of unrepentance. But Jesus breaks through that, reminds us that we have been shown mercy, and as Romans 5 says, God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, he gave his son Jesus to die for us. And when we believe on him, he who is merciful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I don't want to leave you without answering what you're really here for, right? What does Jesus mean when he says, judge not? Lest you be judged or as many people like to uh, bring up when um, I don't know they're wearing something bizarre at Walmart and you bump into them and you say what in the world like can you put some clothes on and then they say judge not lest ye be judged they like to bring out the King James uh, when they want to evade sin What does it mean when Jesus says that? Well, first we need to realize what judgment means to Jesus. To a first century Hebrew or faithful uh, person that's following Jesus around, that grew up in the scriptures. To judge is to carry out that sentencing that the law demands. You know, to stone someone. To try and throw a Nazarene off of a cliff. Something like that. That is what it means to judge. That is what it means to condemn. Jesus does not say, do not share the truth in love with your neighbor. Jesus does not say, try your best in love to keep your neighbor from sin. Instead, We'll go down a little bit, and actually we won't be doing this reading next week because we'll be observing the transfiguration. But Jesus will dole out the classic. Why do you see a speck in your brother's eye but don't notice the log in your own? Therefore, let me uh, t- or let, yeah, let me take out the speck that is in your eye after I take out the log in my own. Jesus is saying, you Christian, work on and repent of your own sins first and foremost before you go on to help a brother. What do they say? Put on the mask before you help your, the person seated next to you on the airplane put on their mask when the airplane's crashing. I don't think anyone here has had to do that before, but we've all seen the diagram. And finally, I want to leave with you um, what was the most confusing sentence to me. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We return to an agrarian image, a market image, of someone buying grain at a market. And would you return and buy grain from someone who is weighing? So, okay, I want one pound of grain. All right, I'm weighing it, and I'm taking off one kernel to make it exactly one pound. And, okay... Do you want that person selling you grain or do you want the person that says pull up your smock like this and then they pour what they think I shot is a pound and then they push it down, they shake it around to make sure all the blank space is gone And then they pour a little extra on top so it's running over. And it's there in your lap. And this is what you get to bring home. Now, there is a person that is being merciful to you in selling you grain. And that is how Jesus, that is how our Father in heaven would like for you to be merciful, but also to show mercy to others. To not measure what you're doling out, but be merciful because you know that the grace that you're giving out comes from a source that does not run out. Jesus Christ crucified and risen again for you and for your sins. Amen.